So I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Samuel, chapter 17. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. And Samuel, 1 Samuel, chapter 17, that's where we learn about David and Goliath. In this story, we learn, uh, I've learned about this story for quite some time. I remember being in Sunday school and uh, learning about David and Goliath. But uh, there's something about the Word of God that continues to open itself up and continues to minister to you, uh, even to me. Um, I was thinking about this last week. I was thinking about David. And there's something that stuck out to me, and I want to share that with you tonight. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I'm going to start at verse 17. It says, And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an epaph of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren. And carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how many brethren, how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper, and took and went, as Jesse has commanded him. And he came to the trench, and as the host was going forth to fight, and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of his keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistine and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that is come up? Surely to divide Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. I want to stop right there. And I want to explain what we're reading here. So David is going to give his brother provisions, food. To go give their captains food. And when he's in there, he goes amongst the army. And at that moment, Goliath comes out. And he threatens the children of Israel. And he sees his own brothers... He sees his own countrymen. He sees the Israelites. He sees the same Israelites that were led out of Egypt with a strong hand. The same Israelites that walked on dry land across the Red Sea. The same Israelites that were preserved for 40 years in the wilderness. And the same Israelites that defeated their enemies when they entered the land of Canaan. He sees them cower in fear of one man.
It says in 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David was not afraid of Goliath. He was not afraid of this man whom he must have been able to look at and see this huge giant of a man. He was not afraid of this man. He wanted to know immediately, hey, what can I get for killing this man? In verse 27, it says, And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And in verse 28, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto them. And Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down hither? He's saying, Why did you come here, David? Why are you here? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? He's saying, David, why did you come here? Where are the sheep that you're supposed to be looking after? He says, Eliab says, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see a battle. You've just come down, David, because you want to see a fight. Why are you here? Why aren't you with the sheep, David? That's where you belong. Don't you understand? You're our little brother. I can completely understand, church. I've been the little brother. I've been the one that's tagged along to my older brother. So I know what Eliab is thinking right here. I know what's going on in his mind. He's saying, what are you doing here, David? Why are you here? Are you here just to see a fight, just to see the battle? And in verse 29, David says, What have I now done? What did I do? He says, Is there not a cause? Are the words that I'm saying, aren't they true? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to be angry about what I'm seeing right now? To be up in arms by seeing what, all these men cower to one man? Verse 30. And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. For the people answered him again after the former manner. So he didn't stop there. He was talking amongst others and amongst his brethren. And Eliab came back and said, What are you doing here, David? Why aren't you with the sheep? And he says, Eliab, isn't there a cause? Isn't there a reason? And he goes to others and he says the same thing. Who is this Philistine 
that's defying the armies of the living God. I want you to note the boldness of David. The faith that David had concerning this matter. And in verse 31, And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. So the word got to Saul. Hey, there is this little guy. There is this young lad who's saying, who is this man? And speaking great things against this champion, this giant, Goliath. And it got to the ears of Saul, and Saul said, I got to talk with this guy. You got to bring this guy forward. Where, where is this David at? And 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail him because of him. Thy servant will go and fight the Philistine. Don't trouble these men anymore. Don't be worried. Don't let your army be afraid anymore. I'll fight him. I'm going to go. Now you can imagine Saul. If you know anything about Saul, Saul was a head taller than every man. He looked like a king. But you notice, you want to know something about Paul? I mean, Saul, the difference with Saul and David is Saul never acted like a king. He looked like one. And in the moment that he was anointed king or he was appointed to be king, he hid himself. And here is David, this little guy, this little lad. I don't know how old he was, but he wasn't taller than Saul. And he wasn't as strong as Saul, and he wasn't as tested as Saul. Or probably many of the other men that were fighting in that army. But he had a boldness. And he said, I'll challenge him. I'll go forward. And verse 33, Saul, looking at this short man, David, he said, Thou art not able to go up against this Philistine. You, you can't do this. Look at you. You can't fight against this Philistine to fight with him. Thou art but a youth. You're just a young man. You're just a young person. And he's a man of war from his youth. He's been fighting since he was young. And you're just a little man, a little person, a young guy. You don't stand a chance against Goliath. Listen to verse 34. This is what I want to get to. David said to Saul, Thy servant, speaking of himself, kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and I smote him and I delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and slew him. He says in 36, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies 
of the living God. Verse 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with thee. You notice that Saul wasn't saying anything against David now. He wasn't saying, oh, you're, you, but you're young. David came with such boldness because he had already experienced victories with the Lord. We always look at the story of David and Goliath and we think of this unchallenged, this, this young youth going up against this giant of a man. But what is very rarely mentioned is the backstory behind all of this. And that is, David had confidence and such boldness to say what he said about Goliath because he had fought battles beforehand. The Lord had delivered a lion into his hand. He delivered a bear into his hand. And what, what, I mean, what more was it that this man would be delivered into his hand? He had confidence because he had a past with God. Now, it's interesting when we read the Bible, we read that in chapter 16, David is anointed. And in chapter 17, he's challenging Goliath. But really, in our Bible, it's just two chapters. But there is a world of experience that happens between 16 and 17. There is a world of experience and there is things that David learned between chapter 16 and verse 17. From when he was anointed to when he defeated Goliath. And that is that in between there, he fought his lion and he fought his bear. And that's why he could go before the rest of the children of Israel. That's why he can go before the army and he could stand before Saul and say, don't let anybody else worry about it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. I'll fight them. I'll fight them. Because he had already fought battles. So often, church, we think, I want my Goliath experience. There's something that I, I, I've been praying for. I've been believing God to do. And, and I, I, I want that giant slain in my life. Not realizing that the things, the little things that we go through, the little trials, these things are the lions and the bears that we have to overcome. Before we can stand before God, before we can stand before our own family or our church or others and say, you know what? I'm the man. I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm the one. We're going to slay these giants. We're going to slay this enemy. You know what? Sickness, it has no hold on me. You know why? Because God delivered me here and he delivered me there and he delivered me from that sickness. He got me, he got, he delivered me from COVID. You know what? It doesn't matter what comes down the road. We're going to slay that giant because he's already delivered me. I've already fought my lion. I've already fought my bear. Bring it, Goliath. Bring it. I can tell you sometimes, I, I, I wonder that even in my own life, but uh, some of the things that I go through, I've, I've testified before that when it comes to financial blessings for me, 
uh, I seem to really be, be confident. I, I have more of that boldness. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a David, but I have more boldness when it comes to the Lord helping me. I remember when Thomas was, uh, when he was born, um, uh, and Katie decided to stay home, and she was not going to go to work. She was going to stay home and with Thomas um, and, and Charlotte, and, and so the money wasn't there. <laughs> we, were, uh, we were losing our home. The money wasn't there. Uh, and, and Thomas's medical bills kept, kept coming in and coming in and coming in. And it just seemed like my insurance didn't cover enough. And it seemed like everybody in the room, uh, that was there to help deliver Thomas, uh, they needed a check, <laughs> right? And, and the bills kept coming in and I kept thinking, it got to the point, Pastor Larry, what was like, it's either I pay my bills or I pay my tithes. It, it, it got down to that point where it was like, do I pay my tithes or do I pay my bills? right? But let me tell you something. I didn't, I did not, I didn't not pay my tithes. And, and, and the tithes, they, they got paid, right? They, they got paid and all my bills got paid. And the Lord brought us through that and we came out better. We came out better than we were before. I feel like I've been able to do more now um, than I, when, than we were back then. Now back then, I, I saw myself as just struggling. Now, I come here and I testify and say, I'm so blessed because, you know, I'm taking my family here and there and we're traveling all over the place. But it, I mean, I really, it really goes back to that moment where I had to trust God. Right? David had that moment where he had to trust God. You got to believe he's watching the sheep. That's his job. And all of a sudden, what is the most terrifying thing you could possibly see? A lion right? He sees a lion, it comes, it snatches one of those sheep. What possesses a man to say, I'm going after that lion? <laughs> it's, it's everything inside of us to say, okay, I only lost one, <laughs> right? Sorry, I can just go to my dad and say, sorry, dad, you had 40, now you have 39, all right? A lion came and he took it. But David saw that and he went after that. He went after that one sheep, he went after that lion, and he slew that lion, that the Lord delivered that lion into his hand. And, and, and you know, he thought, wow, what a, what, what a trial, what, what a test, and I passed. And then next thing you know, he's out there watching his sheep, and another one gets clawed by a bear and gets taken away. And he's like, okay, all right, Lord, do you want me to go again? Let's go. And he goes and he gets the bear the second, you know, the, the second time. He, he goes and he slays that bear. But that's what, what I believe we go through, right? The Lord is trying to get us to put our confidence and our trust in him. Yeah. And, and we're not going to do that until we're squeezed a little bit, church, until we are tried. We're never going to believe that God can deliver us out of any financial crisis unless we have a financial crisis, right? right? We don't believe that God is our provider unless we have a need, a financial need. We're never going to believe that God is a healer unless we have a physical ailment. I, I, I remember, Pastor Larry, I testified of this. I, I testified. I said, God, man, he can do wonders with my finances. He's awesome, right? I have that testimony of what he did for Thomas. That's great. But I was honest. I said, you know what? In my complete honesty, I have a hard time with healing. It is. I've prayed for, I've prayed for things, church, you're not alone. I've prayed for healing and I'm like, Lord, why didn't I get, why didn't I get the healing that I wanted? 
right? Why didn't I get the healing? And so last year, two things happened last year, February of last year, 2020. So before uh, COVID and all the lockdown, I have a condition. I don't know if I've shared it with you, but when I wake up in the morning, I have low blood pressure. So the first time this happened, I got, I got really dizzy and I felt myself about to pass out. And uh, I did. I blacked out. When I did, I, I, I hit my hand. I don't know how, I don't know where I hit it, how I hit it. I just know that my hand, it was, it was my right hand. It hurt like crazy. I don't know if I broke anything in my hand. I don't know what it was, but it was painful. I could not even like grip anything. And um, I went to the doctor, but I never told them about my hand. I, I, I just, I didn't want an x-ray. I, I didn't want to pay the extra cost, Brother Oscar. I just, you know what I mean? I, I just like, uh, you know, sometimes guys are like that. They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, let's see if we could tough it out. But it, it was painful. And, and even months later, I couldn't, I couldn't open a soda bottle. I couldn't. My wife would, would always give me cans and say, hey, open it up. I, I couldn't do it. There was something with my right hand. But I just said, Lord, I don't know if anything is broken in here, but you're going to have to touch my hand. And I just left it at that. Lord, heal my hand. That happened in February. I believe it was June. It wasn't June until my hand completely got healed. I was completely delivered. I could, I could open things. It's as strong as it's ever been. Pastor Larry, I don't know. I might have broken something in my hand. I never got an x-ray to see. God healed. He healed me. He healed me. And so now with my ankle, right? My ankle, you can see I'm getting around a little bit better with my ankle, but you know, I'm getting some bad news, Pastor Larry. There's a guy at my work, he said, oh man, I broke my tibia. And you want to know what? A year and a half was what the recovery was on that thing. I didn't feel 100% for a year and a half. And I thought about that. I'm like, wow, that's a long time. But you know what? I remember my hand. There was a guy I talked to this last weekend, Pastor Larry. I was hanging out at his house. He's like, oh, yeah, I I fractured my ankle too. I was like, oh, yeah, how long ago? 18 years. And he's like, I still feel the pain. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, there it is. But you know what? I have a lion experience. I have a bear experience. And so now I can tell you confidently, I'm going to be as a David here. I'm going to be 100% in that ankle. It's going to be as if it never happened. I'm going to be able to run Farther and longer than I ever did before, which wasn't much, but I'll still be able to do it. It's, it's these things. We go through these things in our life. We go through these things in our walk with God, and it's these things that we, we end up putting our trust and our confidence in God. There are these things in our life that the Lord is going to put us, these trials, these temptations. People are going to come to you. They're going to challenge you. And, and it's only if you've gone through those battles, if you've gone through those fights, through those lions and through those bears and through those experiences that we can come out on the other side and say, God is a healer and he is going to heal. Yeah. 
God is a deliverer because I've been delivered. I've been delivered from drugs and alcohol and I've been delivered from this so I know that God is a deliverer. And I can testify before others. I can testify before the addict, before the drunk and say, you know what? I know he's a deliverer. I know he's going to heal you. Let me tell you something else that the Lord deals with me about. And he had to deal with me this early. When the Lord called me into the ministry, you understand this is, um, when the Lord called me into the ministry, uh, I knew that God had given me a ministry. But for years, Pastor Larry, for years, I had people tell me the opposite. God gave me a ministry and, and, and I knew it. I was being called to something and, and, and every single turn I turned, people seemed to put me down. I was getting rejected by this pastor, rejected by this brother. People were questioning my ministry. They still do. But the Lord prepared me through all of that rejection. When I was younger, he prepared me for all that rejection, all that people saying, ah, you're, he's nothing, whatever. He's off his rocker. He's left the faith. They've even said that about me. He's, he's walked away from the truth. He's left the faith. I had to endure all of that so that when somebody can come to me today, Pastor Larry, with those same threatenings, those same things that say, yeah, I don't think this guy really is. I don't think you have the truth. I, I really don't think that you're a man of God. I really don't think that God has really anointed you. That if somebody comes to me today with those threatenings, remember, I've already fought the lion and I've already fought the bear. My wife tells me, she's like, I am so amazed at how calm and collected you can be when somebody challenges you. Somebody comes to you and basically almost insults you and you can just sit there and smile. <laughs> and the answer is because I fought the lion and I fought the bear. <laughs> and there's nothing that you're going to bring to me that I haven't already experienced. There's no insult that you can bring to me that I haven't already heard. There's no accusation you can bring to me that hasn't already been leveled. I know whom, whom I stand. I know where I stand with God. I've gone through the battles. So often we look at David and we just say, oh man, that was a man of faith. But we don't look at what it took for him to get to be that man of faith. And that's why I'm going to encourage you church tonight to go through those battles. We may think that we're going nowhere for God. We may think that, oh man, it seems to be the same thing again over and over. I have to deal with these same things. The Lord is conditioning you. He's training you. He's equipping you to be able to fight that giant. When the Lord looks at us, when he looks at us, he's going to look at us between 16 and 17. He's going to see, I remember when so-and-so went to that altar and got that anointing. 
When they went to the altar and they felt that they felt the power of God. When they went to that altar and they repented and tears were streaming down their face and I filled them with my spirit. And then I remember when they took a stand like David. See, the Lord sees beginning to end. He sees the end of my story. He sees in me, he sees a David. He sees an Abraham. He sees somebody full of faith. And a lot of the times when we look at ourselves, we don't see ourselves that way. We see ourselves as constantly struggling. But the Lord sees beginning to end. He sees 16 to 17. Right? 1 Samuel chapter 16, 1 Samuel chapter 17. One chapter he's getting anointed. The other chapter he's defying giants. We just got to have the patience to see what God is doing and that we are going to be right here in 17. We're going to be defying those giants if we endure these temptations for this period of time in our life. If we allow the Lord to deal with us. If we allow the Lord to try us. Look, you don't learn patience unless you go through it a lot. Right? We don't want to. We don't want to go through these things. That's the one thing I've always heard in serving the Lord. Oh, don't you pray for patience. Well, why not? Boy said, why not? Let's pray for patience. Just means we're going to have to go through trials a lot and the same ones over and over and over again. <laughs> right? But when it comes up, when it's over, we can be able to stand there against the naysayers, against people, and we can boldly stand with confidence whether it's in front of accusations that are leveled our way, whether it's the doctor that says, hey, guess what? It's cancer. You can be able to stand there and say, I know the God in whom I serve. I know the God in whom I serve, right? Or whether it's the world that comes to you, you can be able to stand on what God says and says, who are you that defies a child of God? Who are you? Who out there can defy a child of the living God? Church, we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Who is going to defy the church? Who is going to defy a son of God? And we can boldly say that, church, when we fight the lion and we fight the bear.